tonight from my heart, and uh, we're going to run a little video clip here in a moment. But before we do, let me begin by saying that too many of us have what I call the Eeyore spirit. Y'all know Eeyore? If you don't know him, go rent Winnie the Pooh uh, Disney thing and you'll find out who Eeyore is. Um, too many of us have, as Casey's terminology, the Debbie Downer attitude where everything with life is wrong. Uh, there's too many of us that have a walking, living, breathing, little black rain cloud mentality. This is not the will of God for believers. It is not the will of God for Christian people. If you have the same Holy Ghost I have, it will perk you up at least a little. Our attitude and the way that we think and the way we estimate the quality of our lives, if it's done negatively, is an insult to God. I think we have a propensity sometimes to whine and not be very grateful. Let me continue and remind all of us that life could be far worse. Some of you, if it were not for your spouse, perhaps would be in a nursing home. I don't really mean that to be funny. It's true. Or you would be living with your kids if they would have you. A lot of our retired seniors at Grace Church get more in in a month's time in retirement income than a lot of working Americans do across our country. Be very easy to be in the hospital. And let me remind all of us that we all have nice cars. We all have decent housing. We all have decent lifestyles. Maybe not everything you want, but I think everybody here tonight has pretty much what you need. I think everybody here tonight has pretty much what you need. I don't know that too many of us go to bed hungry every night, or any night for that matter, unless you choose to. And if you go to bed hungry at night, you're probably like me. You just don't feel like getting out of the bed and walking to the kitchen and getting something to eat. I'll just catch it in the morning. So you're not that hungry then, right? We all travel pretty much when we want. Most of us buy what we want when we want it. We eat what we want. I can tell by looking. In three words, we're blessed, folks. We are blessed. There's not much wrong in our lives that need changing except the way that we think. There's not much wrong in our lives that changing the way we think wouldn't change. I want you to give your attention to the video screen for about the next three or four minutes.
like for you to look at your neighbor or your spouse, family sitting close to you, and just say, I'm not Nick. I want to give you a lot of scripture tonight for what I want to present in the next 25 minutes or so. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think. Everybody say think. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Often the scriptures refer to the heart as the source of our thoughts, and I think that's okay. In Proverbs fifteen twenty-eight, the Bible says, The heart of the righteous studies to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pour out evil things. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, But those things which proceed out of the mouth... Come from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. And God, of course, knows the content of our thoughts. The Bible said in Proverbs 16, All the ways of a man... All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. Everybody thinks that what I do is okay. The ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weigheth the Spirit. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Our Creator designed us so that our thoughts have an impact on every aspect of our life. Listen to Pastor tonight. God designed us so... That our thoughts, and based on the scripture readings that I just shared with you, this is true. That our thoughts have an impact on every aspect of our life. Positive thoughts bring about positive effects. Negative thoughts take everything from attitude to health in the opposite direction. So no wonder the writer, the author of Proverbs wrote, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. I've met only a few people in my life who who do not want to change. They're happy the way they are, either good or bad. Most really do want to change, though, and they can envision the progress they want to make. Their intentions are good. But there's one nagging reason reason that keeps us, many of us, from moving ahead in our lives as we would like to see them unfold and develop. It's our thoughts. It's what you think. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's your thoughts. It's what you think and dwell on. Those seemingly insignificant sentences that pass through the mind, greatly influencing everything we say and do, and how we say what we say, and how we do what we do. From our thoughts, we hear messages 
that can propel us towards great accomplishments and positive change or drag us into a negative spiral. So do you struggle with your own thoughts? I'll be honest here tonight. I do. There's thoughts of worry. There's thoughts of insecurity. There's thoughts of frustration. There's thoughts of anger. We all struggle with our thoughts. We all do. For many of us, the thoughts that continually run through our mind are more adversary than our ally. For many of us, the thoughts that continually run through our mind are more adversary than ally. Left unchecked, our thought life can become our own worst enemy, poisoning us from within, and it's our choice to let that happen or not. Surprisingly, many of us don't see the relationship between our thoughts and our feelings and the words that flow from our mouth. Many of us don't see the relationship between what we think, what we feel, and what we say. One counselor said for so many of the individuals and couples I've counseled, he said, their difficulties can be traced back to one root problem. The ideas they continually repeat to themselves, and he calls it their self-talk. Yes, it's true, we all talk to ourselves. I do, you do too. My dad used to say it's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. It's when you start answering yourself it becomes a problem. (laughs) But we all carry on conversations with ourselves, and it's okay. It's not a sign that we've got a screw loose upstairs. But sometimes we're simply rehearsing conversations in our head. I do it all the time. I don't know about you, but I do. You rehearse conversations in your head. At other times, we're letting our imagination gallop along unrestrained, and it builds tension and anxiety by worrying about possibilities that may never occur and might not even be reasonable to consider, but telling ourselves that danger looms at some point in the future somewhere. And these things can be a self-fulfilling prophecy for not careful. So what we tell ourselves, we can make come true, even if it's something we'd desperately rather avoid. Truth be told, most of us have a bent towards negative or toxic thinking. Most of us do. Most of us do. And that's what I'm here to address tonight. For some of us, the mind is a downright dangerous place, a battlefield fraught with landmines and hidden enemies poised for ambush. And for some of us here tonight, our self-talk is attacking us from within. And I'm here tonight to make you aware of that, as I do with myself often. What we have to realize, folks, is it doesn't have to be this way. You can control what you think. You can control what you talk to yourself about. You can dismiss thoughts. You may not be able to prevent them from coming into your brain, but you can dismiss them as soon as they do. You can change your thoughts. And when you learn to control your self-talk, you'll be on your way to changing your life and improving your relationships. It is possible. It really is. 
So instead of telling yourself all the time how terrible your spouse is, or how horrible your kids are, or how horrible your job is, or how horrible life is, instead of you telling yourself all of that, you discipline yourself to think on things about your life that are good. And there's plenty. Let me share with you the story of two fictitious people. They're not really fictitious, but I don't know them, and you probably don't either, but you may know people like them. No matter what the weather, Susie radiates sunshine. People like that are so annoying to me. They're just always happy. They're the tiggers of the world. But Susie radiates sunshine. At the grocery store, she makes friendly small talk with the cashier when working in the yard. She always raises her eyes at the sound of an approaching car and waves and a flash, flashes a bright smile as the neighbors drive by. And sure, she has bad days now and then, but she bounces back quickly after unpleasant events or periods of stress. Nothing seems to keep Susie down for very long. It's no act. Susie really does see a blessing in almost everything. When she gets stuck in a traffic jam they might, that might leave others seething, she tells herself it's simply an opportunity to have some uninterrupted prayer time. If she burns dinner, she tells herself that she was due for a fun night out at her favorite restaurant anyway. Rained out picnic plans cause her to announce that it's just the perfect opportunity to gather the family around her for a cozy afternoon playing games and munching on popcorn. When a problem erupts in Susie's life, her mind spins into solution-finding mode. She's not prone to worry. Things are probably better than they seem. She often tells herself that anyway. And in Susie's case, she's almost always right. Things always seem to work out for Susie. So why can't my life go like that? Her best friend, Fran, wonders. The two have known each other since elementary school. They have attended the same church ever since, serving together in countless ministries since they were teenagers. She's always, she always has energy. She never even gets sick. She never even gets sick. Notice that. Susie's can-do spirit is a little annoying sometimes. Fran admits that I'm always battling allergies, fatigue. I always have a cold. I always have sinus issues. Actually, as annoying as Susie is, it's hard to believe that no one can be that happy. And even Fran pouts on days when the two serve coffee together at church. Now, Fran has a comfortable life. Her husband makes a far bigger salary than Susie's, and she doesn't have any real problems. Still, she feels gloomy a lot, and she admits to her husband from time to time she probably spends more time than she should fretting about imagined problems that never even materialize. But Fran says, I can't help it. I can't help it. She tries the whole don't worry until you really have something to worry about approach, and it just seems so irresponsible to do that. And 
What if we catch that really nasty flu that's going around right before our vacation? This is how Fran thinks. What if the dog works his nose under the loose board on the fence and gets out and gets hit by a car while I'm on my way to the store? And what if there's a downturn at her husband's business and he loses his job and we could lose our house and we could lose our savings, we could lose everything. What ifs whirl through her head throughout the day and she never really feels good anymore, though her doctor can't find anything wrong with her. Thoughts, thoughts. Everybody say thoughts. Thoughts, optimistic, pessimistic, and everything in between flit through our minds all day long, and they affect everything about us, from our emotions to our health. Susie's cheerful, positive thoughts influence just about every part of her life, from her attitude and mood to her health. And there's a science behind all of this to prove it, even in addition to Scripture. Fran's negative thoughts affect her more than she realizes, stealing her joy damaging her relationships, even damaging her health, and there's science to prove that true too. So like these two women, we're constantly processing thoughts. Who We couldn't possibly count the number of thoughts we have each day. There's far too many. What would be your guess as to how many thoughts run through your head in today's time? Maybe 1,000, 5,000, 10,000? Depending on how active your mind is, you may produce more than 45,000 thoughts in one single day. It's kind of like having a flock of birds flying in and out of your head all day long. The rate at which we can express those thoughts is far slower. Some research suggests that we speak about 200 words a minute. For me, that drops down to about 50. To some of you, that could run as many as 500. Uh... My niece, Hannah Meir, I've told her over and over, if I could talk as fast as she could, I could preach a sermon in five minutes. My ears can't hear that fast, and that's a fact. So we can speak at about 200 words a minute, but we can listen to and process about 1,300 words a minute. So this barrage of thoughts can overwhelm us, and sometimes it seems we can't process them all fast enough. Sometimes we know what we're thinking, but can't form the words to express those ideas. Does that sound familiar to anybody? So, exactly here tonight, what are thoughts? What are thoughts? Well, they're the ways in which we, we're conscious of things. They're made up of our memories, they're made up of our perceptions, and they're made up of our beliefs. They're glimpses, even snippets of ideas. They make up one of the most basic facets of life. Sometimes thoughts pass fleetingly, barely noticed. Sometimes they come sharply into focus. We often voice them saying things like, I thought of you yesterday, or I was just thinking of our meeting tomorrow. Our thoughts determine the orientation of everything we do. They evoke the feelings that frame our world and motivate our actions, and they have the power to change the way we feel. So Susie's sunny thoughts shine through in her mood, her optimistic, her, she's optimistic most of the time, even when problems arise. For Susie, life just feels good to her. But for Fran, even when life offers smooth sailing, 
She rationalizes the possibility of storm clouds forming just beyond the horizon. Worry gnaws at her as she remains on the lookout for potential problems. So think about this. You can evoke thoughts by feeling a certain way, but you can evoke and to some degree control feelings by directing your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart. I've been on this for months. I, I watched the, the Nick video clip. I've watched a number of his clips on YouTube. If any of you would like to have that information, our media team can freely pass out that little YouTube clip address, and that will take you to all the YouTube stuff you want to know. The first time I watched this guy, <laughs> I sat there with tears streaming down my face. Man, I couldn't help it. You talk about somebody taking a big, fat, giant lemon and making a big pitcher of lemonade out of it, he did it. One of his, I think one of his most, he takes his physical condition, and he uses it for humor. It helps him get through his, his condition, but he also likes to play with other people's head. He said he was driving, uh, riding with a fellow one day, a friend of his. He, of course, was sitting in the passenger seat, and a girl pulled up beside him in another car and just kept staring at him. So he looked at her back and took off his uh, uh, seat belt and did a complete 360 in the seat. <laughs> and as Bunch and Breeze would say, she looked at him with eyes as big as sauce, man. How did you just do that? And of course, she couldn't see the whole, his whole body. Um, he has a great friend, and as much as he flies, he's been over 30 countries around the world. As much as he flies, he has good friends that are airline pilots. One in particular dressed him up as an airline pilot captain and stood him right in the doorway as people were boarding the plane, and he looked up at them and said, Hi, welcome to such and such airlines. I will be your pilot today. And they look at him like, I ain't getting on this plane. He was flying somewhere, and of course they let him on first because of his uh, disability and whatnot, and I say that in all due respect. I'm not patronizing the man. I have a lot of respect for that man. I just, it's amazing. But anyway, he came up with the idea that he had some of the flight attendants put him in one of the overhead compartments. So when somebody opened that to put their luggage in there, they got a little surprised. Hello, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> taking life man and what life brings and making the best out of it what can you say I would encourage some of you folks to go home and pull some of that up on YouTube and watch it it'll put you under conviction and it should A that we have limbs and full operation of our body B we are full of the Holy Ghost and when people walk up to you and say hello, they shouldn't get last week's horrible news out of your life. People ought to be able to walk up and say, how are you? And you say, I'm doing great because you are. Now I can preach now for a minute. The reason we have such negativity about us is because that's how we have learned to think. And we have migrated together as little groups of people and we all share our negativity. And I can hear it now that somebody would say, man, I was sawing a piece of wood today and I cut off the tip of my finger. And the other person says, well, that ain't nothing. I was sawing something the other day and I cut off my hand. And the third person says, well, that ain't nothing. I cut off my arm using a chainsaw the other day. And the other guy says, I wish all of you had cut off your head. 
Y'all ever heard the story about the man who's going to jump off a bridge and commit suicide, and his friend came up and said, hey, man, don't do that. Let's walk around the block and talk about it. They walked around the block and came back to the bridge, and both of them jumped off. If y'all aren't hearing me very well, it's, it, uh, my point of reference has been since the flood. It, that has done something to the mindset of people. And, and, and where you're not focusing on the flood anymore, it's just been one negative thing right after another. It, it put you in a, it oriented you in a direction. And some of you folks can't come out of it, and you need to, and it's time to come out of it. To smell the roses, to smell the coffee, to look at life for what it is and... Again, I reiterate, uh, there's, there's things wrong. There's things wrong in everybody's life. Everybody has problems in their life. If you say you don't, you may be a Susie-type person, but you still have problems. The closest person I know to Susie is Paula Murphy. She wears me out sometimes. We can have everything falling apart, and she's like, well, you know, so-and-so's doing da 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 and good and whatever. I don't want to think about that right now. I want to think about what's wrong. Anybody on board? I just can't get past, this is scripture, this isn't psychobabble, it's Bible. As a man thinks in his heart, and if you think on stuff, after a while it's going to start coming up out of your mouth. And I want to, I want to stress to you folks here tonight, listen to Pastor, I'm trying to help somebody here right now. If people don't come by your house, either you don't want them to or they don't want to. And you may need to figure out which one is true. Now, if you don't want people at your house, that's your business. That's kind of how I feel. Don't come to my house unless I invite you. And I'm not going to come to your house unless I'm invited. I don't want you doing it to me. And you're not going to show up at my house one day and say, well, you showed up at my house. I'm going to be real honest. This is good pastor stuff right here. I'm going to be real honest. We've had folks come to our door and ring the doorbell, and I've learned to peek. I didn't go to the door. It's my option. If you don't tell me you're coming, it's my option not to go to the door when you get there. It's the way I believe it. That's Murphy 238 right there. And that's the way I feel about it. There may be a reason people don't want to come sit down in your living room because you're going to dump on them every horrible thing in your life that you can think of from the day you were born. And it's indicative of the way you think, and it affects your attitude. It affects your relationship with God. It affects your marriage. It affects how you deal with your kids. It affects every aspect of your life. It can even go on to affect your health. I'm going to share with you some stuff next Wednesday night, and I'm going to give you statistics on allergies, sinus stuff, skin problems, all that kind of stuff is indicative and is symptomatic of negative thinking all the time. It affects you physically after a while. And you need to stop it. And you're the only one that can. I, I don't wish you could know what went through my mind in a day's time. I wouldn't do that to you. But oftentimes, and I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm real transparent. I've always been that way. I'll get mired in on somebody. I'll think about that Earl Wheeler, and the more I think about him, the madder I get, man. And he did this, and he did that, and he ain't this, and he ain't that. And 
I can get and I can build this whole thing up in my head and next time I see it him I'm so mad at him I could pop don't point at her <laughs> but you know what I mean you you can you can dwell on things and when it comes to people that shows when you when they approach you or you approach them the next time I know what some of you think about me it comes out of your mouth every time I approach you you're so mad at me over I don't know what I'm not joking. <clears throat> so, you can't evoke thoughts by feeling a certain way. You just can't say, I'm going to be happy today, and then all you think is happy thoughts. It don't work that way. But you can evoke and to some degree control how you feel by directing what you think about. And if you dwell on how horrible life is, and that nobody ever visits me, nobody ever calls me, nobody ever comes sees me, nobody ever does this for me, nobody ever, you've turned completely inward. Some of you folks, it would do you great to, if nothing else, volunteer in the community. Get out of your house and go do something productive. It would help you tremendously. You have too much idle time to just sit around. Boy, am I getting too up close and personal now? Take your Holy Ghost and... Let it do for you what the Bible intended for it to do. And put a smile on your face and be happy when someone walks up and speaks to you. Be happy. Your face ain't going to break if you smile. I promise you it won't. So it's important because our thoughts are the origin of how we behave we are a byproduct of what we think and it affects your conduct it affects your behavior your attitude many things so each notice this this uh, progression with me and I'm, I'm just about done a thought scientifically a thought stimulates an electrochemical response which produces emotion Emotion results in an attitude. Attitude produces behavior. This process affects the way we think and feel physically. That's why thoughts impact your health. It's the progression that I just gave you. Thought stimulates an electrochemical response in your brain, which produces an emotion. It's thinking about somebody that really annoys you, and you get mad at them in your head. Whether they've done anything or not. Maybe it was 20 years ago they did something. But you start thinking about that and you dwell on it. And you think about that place of business you went to last week and how rude they were to you. And you start thinking about that. And you, FEMA's not doing what they're supposed to do. And the insurance company's not doing what they're supposed to do. And the car repair shop isn't what they're supposed to do. And the doctor don't do what they're supposed to do. And the nurse don't do what they And the dentist don't do what they do. And your husband and your wife. And pretty soon you're in this downward spiral of negative thinking that's got you in such a horrible, rotten mood. Nobody wants to be around you. And then it starts affecting you physically after a while. It does. So... Negative or toxic thoughts produce toxic emotions, and those toxic emotions produce toxic attitudes, which result in toxic behavior. Yes, it does. Our ability to think and represent things to ourselves also enables us to bring vast ranges of reality and non-reality into our lives. 
Basically, that means that with our thoughts, we can usher good or bad things into our lives, real or imagined, depending on the content of our thoughts. So, in closing tonight, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think about all the horrible things in your life. Think on positive things. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So people can tell by your attitude, your mood, your behavior, what you think about all the time. The heart of the righteous studies to answer. You want to answer appropriately. You want to answer positively. Jesus said, those things which proceed out of the mouth of man come forth from the heart. What comes out of your mouth comes from your heart, and that's what defiles you, spiritually and physically. Proverbs 16, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, and we justify ourselves for the way we think. But it's not always right with God. It's not always in alignment with Scripture. So our Creator designed us so that our thoughts have an impact on every aspect of our life, Positive thoughts bring about positive effects. Negative thoughts take everything from attitude to health in the opposite direction. So no wonder the author of Proverbs wrote, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. We were in Branson, uh, Missouri a number of years ago. No, Gatlinburg, I'm sorry. And uh, whichever one it was, don't matter. We were, when, when I go to Gatlinburg branches, whatever, I try to find every show to go to that I can that's funny. Was, I, no one knows me, and I can let my hair down and just what I call belly laugh. I mean, just laugh. You can laugh to tears stream down your face. And I wished I could rehearse for you the guy at Comedy Born in Gatlinburg that had the ping pong balls in his mouth. Michelle, have you seen that? That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I'd love to get that cat to come to, if I could get him, I'd have him this coming Sunday morning in lieu of, I wouldn't go that far, but I'd be really tempted. So, <laughs> Just to have some humor and just to have something fun, no inflection on, the, on, on our speaker. But we were at a comedy show, and um, if any of you have a conviction about all that, get over it. Uh, I'm encouraging you to go to one. Please, I'll pay your way if some of you folks would go to one. Anyway, we're sitting there, and uh, there's a little guy that came out in his little overalls and rubber boots and uh, looked like, the, I guess, a mountain man from Tennessee or whatever they was trying to portray. He did a great job, had a little red T-shirt on, a red ball cap, and a red handkerchief hanging out of his back pocket. And he talked to us for a little while about this and that and told a few stories and what have you. I am so tempted to do this tonight. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to do it, but I am so tempted to do it. He said, you don't have to do this. He said, everybody stand up. So everybody stood up. And Sister Murphy and I were with Brother and Sister Langford at Pastor Lafayette, are good friends. And uh, he said, I want you to look at your neighbor and scream as loud as you can. Do you know how long that scream last lasted? about a half of a second, and then you just burst it out into laughter. I don't know why it was funny, but it was hilarious, man. Just look at yourself, look at your neighbor, and scream. I am so tempted to do that here tonight. I don't know what to do. 
And it just so happened Sister Langford was beside me. And, buddy, it struck me and her both funny. I almost had to walk out of the building. It took me about 10 minutes. to. I missed the first 10 minutes of that show. I couldn't see. I had tears streaming. I don't know why it was funny. It was funny. I don't know why. I still can't figure out why. I guess you just never turn to somebody this far away and just, what, as loud as you can at somebody. Whoever does that. It was hilarious. Anyway. I think we need to work on opportunities. Turn the television off. Turn the news off. Turn social media off. Go get a Jeff Foxworthy CD or Abbott and Costello. I don't, it don't matter. Put something in front of you that will get a chuckle out of you and see what it does to you. It is true. The Bible said... For a merry heart doeth good like medicine. And I have a feeling if some of us would start just laughing, laughing, laughing more, you could probably quit going to CVS quite so much. <laughs> it's a cheap fix, man. Every once in a while, and I, I hope I'm not being inappropriate here tonight to anybody or offending anybody, but every once in a while, I'll, I'm very transparent and honest. I kind of drive Sister Murphy crazy sometimes, but <clears throat> all the time. Uh, <laughs> But I'll pull out uh, at Jeff Foxworthy and Bill Ingvall and uh, Ron White and uh, Larry the Cable Guy, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Anybody ever heard of that? Come on, Pentecostals. Don't get all sanctimonious on me. Half of you that didn't raise your hand, you've seen it 12 times. <laughs> but, buddy, I'll plug that in one time. Uh, my daughter-in-law is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. I had never seen that kind of comedy. And she was at the house one night before her and Marcus married, and she wanted to see it, so we put it in. And I'm telling you, I was on the floor laughing at her. I didn't know. I thought we was going to take her to the yard, man. She laughed and laughed and laughed. Some of you folks need to do that once in a while. I pull up funny stuff on YouTube once in a while that makes me laugh. I do it on purpose. If you don't, at my age, it don't take long, Brother Tommy. I'm going to go ahead and throw you under the bus while I'm at it. It's to become this old, crusty old man, man, where you don't feel anything anymore. And life's not funny, and nothing's funny, and you just walk around with a scowl on your face all the time, and you hate everybody. So, if y'all hear of a good comedy concert that's clean and wholesome, it's G-rated, whatever, what I like about Foxworthy. He's pretty G-rated most of the time, nearly all the time. But he, he does a great job, but he'll make you laugh, man. Laugh for crying out loud. We all say Merry Christmas, but none of us believe it. We show up at our family events with a face as long as a Missouri mule and don't know what to do, don't know what to say. And if anybody says anything funny, we stare at them like, I love my jokes, man. I love telling them. I still think they're funny. You want to get around somebody funny, take Steve Bunch out to lunch one day and just say, be Steve today for a little while. You think he's great on a guitar? Wait till you hear his humor. <laughs> That's what I ought to do. I'll get you to do a stand-up routine one of these times. We'll have to put some parameters around it, of course. But, uh, but anyway, but y'all get the point, folks. I'm serious tonight. Let's enjoy life, what do you say? Let's, let's have fun being Christian people. 
let's laugh and learn how to enjoy life and to celebrate life and to have a great time with life. Let's celebrate our marriage, our kids. Find events that you can just get real happy about and go to it and do it. If you can't do it, create one. I did that this year. I'll get into that story later. I created an event. It made me very happy. I did it. It wasn't for me. It was for someone else, but I did it because I wanted some happiness and I wanted to laugh a little while and it worked out beautifully. Make things happen, man. Get off you thing back here and look at life a different way. There's more to be thankful for and there's more to be happy about than you care to know. Amen. You you love Jesus tonight? You folks love Jesus? You still love Pastor tonight? I hope you still do. I'm having a good time here tonight. Thank the Lord. Hey, God bless you folks. We'll see you Sunday. Let's come expecting great church, a great move of God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you very much.